Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. It's Christmas time here at Contact, and so as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, I thought it'd be appropriate to have a discussion, as I did last year, with a local pastor. Uh, this morning, joining me live in studio will be a good friend and pastor, Anthony Kaola. We'll be having a great conversation with him about Christmas and all things Christmas after we return from this message. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Lifespan Family Services provides foster care and adoption services. What is foster care? It's supposed to be temporary with the idea the family will get things back to where they should be and the kids then go home. However, sometimes the parents don't get things back to where they need to be and those kids become available for adoption. LifespanFamilyServices.com, helping build families through foster care and adoption. Call us today, LifespanFamilyServices.com at 814-375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. It's great to be live in studio with a very good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Anthony Kaola. Morning, man. Hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm I know we've here. talked about it in the past, uh, but for lots of different reasons, uh, it wasn't a great time, but it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good time to have you. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, we appreciate you making time to stop in. Um, I obviously know you. We've yeah. been friends for a couple of years now, but um, my listeners may or may not know you. And so will you just tell us, like, who is Anthony Kaola? Yeah, yeah. I uh, kind of born and raised in the North Jersey, New York City area. And then my wife, uh, originally from Clearfield, we moved out here uh, about eight years ago. And I uh, just, I absolutely love being here. Just love, uh, I, I actually, the only thing I miss from Jersey is uh, something called Taylor Ham, which I can find at Martin's. But other than that, um, just love being here. And so, uh, yeah, we, we pastor a church in Clearfield called Awaken 514. And uh, just just incredible, just incredible to be a part of the community. We get to coach our kids soccer. We get to pastor. We get to see people everywhere we go. Uh, and it's just a joy to be local. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we're glad you're a part of the community. Uh, when you said eight years, it's hard to believe that I that know. I've known you that long. My goodness, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. I don't feel that old. Um, neither do I. At forty six <laughs> is it's sometimes like I do feel old, but uh, forty six is a good age. Yeah, now. it's perfect. I think you're a little younger than I am. Yeah, I'm just getting to the point where people actually respect you, though. I was told in my twenties nobody would respect me till I got to thirty. Um, I'm finding it's probably closer to forty that people <laughs> actually look at me like I'm an adult. Although I don't know that my wife looks at me as though I'm an adult, uh, but uh, but I feel like one. I'm you know I get those aches and pains. I pull things in my sleep, and so uh, but it is. It's it's good to be here it's a good age yeah it is uh, it is a good age and i think you're right as uh, we've gotten older uh you do you continue to learn things Absolutely. and you continue to grow as a person but i want to talk to you um this is christmas time yeah and it's christmas season uh, you're a pastor but also uh you are a, as a pastor you're a believer in jesus christ yeah. and this is the Christmas season. I find it interesting in society and even around the world that Christmas, uh, Christian holiday for sure. Yeah. But it seems to be so important to even those who don't yeah. believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. From your perspective as a pastor, why? what, what do you think makes Christmas so special to everyone? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I, I think we do this... 
um, with more than just Christmas. In fact, um, let me back up. When God created everything, you know, think think of God as like the manufacturer, right? And so when you you know your kids are opening gifts on Christmas morning, uh, they open up something and there's an instruction manual on how to put it together and um, how to use it, and you know you should wear knee pads or eye goggles or you should put it together this way. Um, when God created everything, that's that's also He kind of gave us an instruction manual, which as as a follower of Jesus, we we look to the Bible for that instruction manual. And growing up, I don't know that I saw God's word that way. I I think for me it was. Um, it was like a list of do's and don'ts. And if I didn't do the things, I felt like God was mad at me and wanted to hit me with a hammer. And, um, and it just wasn't that way. So, so there's a way in which we can live and interact with God's world um, where things go really well for us. Uh, we, we talk about lining our lives up with the way God's called us to live with his law, his way, his path. And uh, when it comes to looking at Christmas through that lens, I think we can get from Christmas the same way we can get from other parts of God's creation. Um, a lot of the benefits but at times not get the giver of the gift or, or not get get to enjoy the actual manufacturer or give glory or praise or acknowledgement to the one who created it. So what happens, I think, is um, people put all this emphasis on Christmas and all the benefits and beauty of the season, like um, all these coming home for Christmas. My wife loves these absolutely horrible, um, you know, Hallmark movies uh, <laughs> that I just make fun of her for watching, uh, but she loves them. I mean, she keeps Netflix and Hallmark in business on when they put out these bad movies. But um, every one of them is like, you know, this like, New York City um, corporate marketing executive. She gets stranded somewhere in rural America. She meets this guy and he restores the magic of Christmas. And and so what happens is we, we put all this expectation and emphasis on the uh, fruit of Christmas, on the benefits or the beauties of Christmas without realizing the God behind the beauties. And so modern psychologists have actually come up with a phrase for what happens to us on December 26th. It's called the Christmas blues. Right, because we put all these expectations on things that they would fulfill our deepest longings, our deepest pain, our, and a hope that this season would deliver. And it's so much fun to get swept up in, especially if you've got small kids. Uh, the angst, the anticipation, the excitement. Um, but then on December 26th, all of those things that we've hoped in, they kind of let us down. It's like, well, every relationship in my world did not come back together. Um, and so for Christians, uh, we get to enjoy the season the same way everyone else does. We get to have kids counting down the days to get to open their gifts. But for Christians, we get to point to something even beyond beyond the season that that lasts well beyond the 25th but uh, Jesus provides that hope and that peace for us well beyond uh, d- you know whatever material things we're hoping would deliver that never really do yeah it seems like um, there are so many things in the world today that aren't delivering yeah right? we put our faith and trust in politics yeah. and politicians uh, they seem to fail yeah quite often oh yeah or fall short. Um, we put it in the economy, but the economy is not the greatest right now. Yeah, uh, we put our faith in even our friends, and sometimes our friends let us down. Yep. Do you find at this time of the year, how do you have those conversations with people that they say, Anthony, I'm I'm looking for something more in my life. Yeah, that's a great question too. And so I I think you're right. I think. Um, we talk a lot about this at Awaken when I preach. I, I try to hit on it often because I think for so many of us, we're constantly, all of us have a hole in us. We're all looking to be fulfilled and to be made whole, uh, whether it's pain that's been inflicted or maybe you had a great upbringing, but there's still something you're longing for. And so uh, we talk about it a lot that, that these things in our world are just shadows of a greater substance. And so... 
when somebody comes and starts having that conversation, I think the first thing I want to do is, is very gently, very lovingly, um, walk and explore with them about the things that have let them down. Because I think we have to acknowledge that everything else has failed us before we'll, we'll turn to God and go, he won't fail me, right? So when I put an expectation on my wife, now I always go back, it's an older movie now, so maybe any younger listeners wouldn't remember it, but uh, Tom Cruise did a movie called Jerry Maguire, and there's yeah. this like beautiful love scene that they're, you know, all of a sudden he comes rushing back and he's like, you complete me, and she's bawling, you know, mm-hmm. the girl in the, in the movie, and um, you complete me. And and when I put that expectation on my wife, the, the reality is my wife's amazing. Uh, she can't complete me. She doesn't have the power to do that. And I can't complete her. She's just a girl. I'm just a guy. Uh, what I need is Jesus to complete me. What I need is a being beyond myself, not a, an imperfect human, uh, but, a, but a perfect God to, to fulfill me and to complete me. And so I think first thing we do is just explore and be honest with this hasn't fulfilled me. I've worked my whole life to be somebody, and you know what? I don't feel like I've arrived. I've, I've got all the money in the world, but I, I just don't think it's doing it. Uh, I had all these expectations that all these things would fill me up, and they just didn't. And so uh, so I think we, in that moment, we go, okay, well, let's look at God, because God is the one who promises to fulfill us. He's the, uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? And uh, and so this season, we, we look to that. And when people are struggling and they're struggling with Christmas blues, I actually think that's a great place to be, is disenfranchised with what the world has to offer, because that's when we begin to look beyond this world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great insight. And so let's take a step back, if we can. Um, why did you choose or how did you choose to become a pastor? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny. There have been so many times in my life, other pastors might understand this, um, where I've actually tried to escape the ministry. Sure. Um, it's a very it's a very intensive, emotionally draining um, calling. Uh, you, you are by the bedside of people when they grieve the loss of loved ones. Um, and if you care, you take that with you, right? You lose sleep over that. You grieve as they grieve. Um, you get to celebrate with them uh, when they have their first child, but you get to grieve with them when it takes them two years to get pregnant. And so there have been times where I've asked God to lead us out of it, but it just seems like he continues to lead us back into it, um, and for which I'm grateful. Uh, I'm very, very humbled to be able to serve the church. I'm very, very humbled to be able to serve the people he's called us to care for. And um, I had uh, early on uh, just felt like God was stirring something in me. I remember going to a pastor's conference many, many years ago. I was still new to the ministry. And a guy gets up, first speaker, Friday night, first um, conference, uh, first conference speaker. And he says, look, um, pastoring is hard. If I could tell you three things about being a pastor, I'll tell you these three things. One, it's hard. It's very hard. And three, if you can do anything else, do it. And um, I, I was like, what in the world? What kind of conference is this? Uh, but over the years, I've found no matter what else I've dabbled in, uh, my wife and I are, are in real estate as well. Um, I can't do anything else. There's something deep within me that I feel like God has led us to continue to care for his people, to continue to invest our life in the word of God, knowing that uh, nothing is going to have the impact in people's personal lives and and in the world itself uh, as we have the opportunity to have pastoring and shepherding people on behalf of God. Yeah, I know um, because we are friends, we've had great conversations around uh, the Bible, things of theology, uh, my background. Yeah. uh, I think my listeners know I have a master's degree in the Bible. Um, something I really enjoyed, one, number one, studying, um, but two, the impact you make on others' lives, mm, right? I yeah. was, I'm was i not a pastor, but I was a missionary and in Southeast Asia, and uh, the joy of sharing the gospel with people yeah. is, is an amazing uh, thing to do. 
your job, and I say it's a job, but it really it's a calling, right? Yeah. I mean, you made reference to it. That there was a stirring from God to want to be this. It really yeah. should be a calling, right? Yeah. It's not like, I think today I'll be a pastor. Yeah, no. If that's if I often say I, I wish they uh, if I ever taught a seminary class, um, I would do everything I could to scare people straight um, <laughs> to do something else with their lives because I, I genuinely believe if you're not called to it, um, it will chew you up and it will spit you out. You, you're the amount of emotion you travel through, um, and listen. At the end of the day, that there have been times where I've been the um, point of frustration for people because I've had to have hard conversations. I've had to sit down with a, uh, you know, husband and a wife, with a husband who's maybe gone wayward and, and is not being faithful to his wife, and say, "Hey, bud, listen, this is not okay." Right? P- people never respond well, or n- not never, but they usually don't respond well in those moments. They get mad at you um, if you're not called to this. Uh, you will turn around after that meeting or after that conversation and go, why am I doing this when I could go make more money in a job that lets me go home at the end of the day, clock out and, and breathe? Um, you know, I've got friends who work for the state in various places. Maybe it's in a prison or um, they go home to their family and they don't think about work until they go back in. Um, ministry is just not like that. So I, I would, uh, unless you're called to it, um, I think you'll get chewed up and you'll get spit out and you'll be very disenfranchised. Um and, and that's okay. I mean, that's okay that happens. But um, I think it has to be a calling. I think it has to be something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm doing this because God has called me to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people can tell uh, when that's the case yeah. and when it's not. Um, but I do want to uh, go a little deeper with you on a personal level. Yeah. Um, maybe you have some verses that you'd like to share with us around uh, either Christmas time or that are important to you. Yeah. Um, if you could do that, I think that would be a great insight for us just to talk about. Yeah, well, I'm going to answer that question by answering it two questions, actually. So I'm going to answer one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to answer your question about one of my favorite Bible verses around this season. Um, so so there's a whole bunch of great Christmas movies out. I mean, I love Elf. Uh, I absolutely love um, a Christmas story. I mean, you'll shoot your eye out. I mean, that movie <laughs> plays. My brother-in-law loves it so much. It plays 24 hours. I think it's on AMC. He'll watch the whole thing. My brother does that as yes. well. It's uh, on it's, all it's, day. It's part of the family tradition. Absolutely. And so, um, but but one of the all-time classics is uh, Charles Schultz's uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas. Absolutely. And uh, in the story, if you haven't seen it, it's it's over 50 years old, I believe, at this point. Um, Charlie Brown is having a, a crisis moment, trying to figure out the meaning of Christmas, and he goes to all his friends, Lucy, in her little psychiatric booth, hmm. and uh, he. He gets nowhere, and at the end, the uh, the most unsuspecting individual of the entire show, um, the the vulnerable uh, childlike Linus with his baby's blanket, uh, kind of goes out and gives this monologue, right? And he right. goes out on stage, and everything dims, and the spotlight comes down on him, and uh, and he reads actually from the Bible, and so just absolutely fascinating. So I I'll take a quick minute if we have it and read simultaneously Absolutely. one of my favorite verses uh, that we'll actually be reading um, you know we have a number of readings uh, on Christmas Eve and we'll be reading uh, this verse specifically at church on Sunday night at our Christmas Eve service but um, part of what he reads is for unto you this I'm going to jump in at verse 11 in, in Luke's biography of Jesus life in chapter 2 he says for unto you this day uh, is born in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger and suddenly there was an angel, uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace amongst those whom he is pleased. Um, and so, you know, Charlie Brown finds out that the meaning of Christmas is really, there's a lot of amazing things that happen at Christmas, a lot of fun traditions that you get to have with your family. But at the very heart of all of it uh, is that we celebrate that uh, God stepped out of heaven, uh, the perfect 
heaven and stepped into a place in which we broke, right? So creation was perfect until we broke it and, and decided to start making a mess of things. And God subjects himself to our mess. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Christmas is that God steps into our mess. Uh, he becomes not just a, a fully grown man ready to take on the world, but he becomes a vulnerable uh, child and allows broken humanity to take care of him, a broken mom, a broken dad doing their best, but raise him until the time came for him to die for sin, for the sins of humanity and become their savior. And so just an absolutely awesome passage uh, and a reminder that we don't have to try to come to God or clean ourselves up to come to him. He comes into our mess, mm. which is incredibly exciting for me when we celebrate Christmas, something I try to continue to just put on our children's radar all the time. Yes, no, and I think it is a great passage, obviously a great classic show of Charlie Brown, but as you said, he comes into our mess, and 2023 seemed like it was a mess as we're closing it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think since COVID, everyone I talk to keeps going back to COVID. It's like um, AD, BC, we're going to have like post-COVID, like PC is going to be 2020 and beyond. Uh, Everybody I talk to is just like, man, life has just been harder since COVID, whether they're having health issues from, you know, long COVID or just other issues, financial issues since COVID. Uh, I don't know that we've ever fully recovered. Uh, Times have been hard. Times have been really hard. And 2023 was just another year where we saw, you know, inflation go up and and people's raise, you know, their their income not increase at the rate in which things are getting expensive. And, um, you know, it's been a hard year, I think, for many. And uh, and despite all of our difficult circumstances, what can't be taken from me is the hope that I have in Jesus. And and that's that's powerful for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of a pastor, uh, Pastor Dave Bish, who once said, "Hope has a name." And mm. Very strong uh, message still stands with me today, but yeah. um, it does have a name, and it is Jesus. And uh, it's December 25th. We celebrate his birth all around yeah. the world. It's pretty amazing to me, even though yeah. we're in a world that seems to be, dare I say, like post-Christian. We've, yeah. we've moved Moving on. Away from it, yeah. yeah, we've moved on from it so far, but it's still here. Yeah, and I, I always find it funny. Uh, people will say things like, well, religion is for weak people. or rig-. And I'm like, no, you mean that maybe as an insult, but that's absolutely true. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, we're all weak people. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, At absolutely. the end of the day, we're, we're all weak. We're all broken. Um, and, and so, yeah, Jesus is for you. And, and what we celebrate at Christmas is, again, God with us, that, that God would want to be with me. He would want to be in my presence. Um, yeah, I want to be in his presence because he's perfect and he's beautiful and there's no darkness in him, um, but that he would want to be in my presence uh, has always kind of taken me a little bit aback because, um, I don't know, I'm just not that great. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Uh, you mentioned this uh, briefly, uh, traditions. Any yeah. fun traditions in the Kaola family for Christmas? Uh, yeah, so I'll give you, I'll, give you uh, I'll try to get through three really quick. Um, two from when I was growing up and one we have now. Uh, one, uh, when, we were, when I was real little, uh, my parents would screw the Christmas tree to the floor. <laughs> um, I am a middle child and have fit the bill for that. Um, you know, stereotypes since I was a baby. And so one Christmas morning, uh, I came running downstairs stark naked. And I don't know what I was trying to do. I was too young to remember this, but I tore the Christmas tree down on top of myself. And so from that day forward, (laughs) I still think he screws it to the floor. Um, I'm not sure if he thinks 40 year old me is going to come running downstairs and tear it down naked, but um, (laughs) that still happens to this day. Uh, The second thing we used to do as a family was uh, Christmas Eve, we would make Christmas cookies and then go off to our midnight church service. And uh, I don't know where it started, but I had the real ridiculous competitive streak in me as a kid and um, I would always try to get the first cookie 
And so it escalated and finally ended one year when I went above and beyond uh, because my competitiveness and childishness got the best of me. Uh, my sister was hovering. She wanted to steal the, the, you know, the belt from me. And uh, so I just dug into the, the um, cookie rack, the, the baking cookies, the first batch of cookies that were in five minutes into baking and just ate the sloppy mess of a cookie. Uh, oh. <laughs> burned everything in my oh, mouth. Oh, man. Burned everything in my mouth. And, uh, and so that ended. And then the last one I'll give you is something we do with my kids. Um, we'll get, uh, we do with my kids now. Uh, we had a pretty um, financially tight Christmas a number of years ago. And um, instead of having to come down and tear through the few gifts under the tree and feeling like a little bit of a letdown, um, we, um, we actually decided to do a scavenger hunt for the kids hmm. um, and hide the gifts all over the house. And each gift had a clue to the next gift. And so that just continued. Uh, I look forward to the day when they have their driver's licenses and I can start hiding gifts around Clearfield Township and, uh, and just letting them go on a, a full scavenger hunt. But it dragged the morning out for like an hour and it, it's become the highlight of our Christmas morning as at least as far as the practical aspect of opening gifts has become. Uh, we just absolutely love doing that together. Yes. Well, I know your wife. Those are some great uh, yeah. traditional stories from you. Yeah. I had never heard them, <laughs> uh, but I do appreciate the, I do know your children as well. The scavenger hunt sounds fun. Um, yeah. With that, uh, Anthony, we're going to take a break, but yeah. uh, when we come back, I'll give you one more question and we'll finish up our great interview about the meaning of Christmas with you. Thanks. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. I'm live in studio with a good friend, uh, Pastor Anthony Cayola. Uh, prior to break, you were sharing with us some great traditions, hilarious, by the way, uh, stories. And uh, But we have about three minutes left. I wanted to ask you, uh, it's that time of this year, too, when people are hurting. Uh, they may be missing family members who have passed on or uh, things aren't the greatest right now in their personal lives. What do you say to them at Christmas time? No, that's a great question. Um, first, I would say you're not alone. Um, Every single one of us, every single one of us um, have some point of pain or pressure or grief. Uh, and the holidays have a way of bringing that to the forefront. We, we numb it throughout the rest of the year. We work hard. We stay distracted. But um, I would say you're not alone. Um, and, and that is not only helpful for me emotionally to know that I'm not alone, but I want you to know physically you're not alone. There, there are a bunch of amazing organizations out there, uh, many of which are churches. I know there's some great churches here in Dubois that were located in the Clearfield area uh, right behind Buck's Pizza. And um, I would tell you that there are a great community of people who would love to do life with you, uh, would love to journey with you. Uh, if, if what you're struggling with requires uh, counseling, we, we'd love to connect you to a great counselor to process through some of your grief. Um, I myself have been uh, and, and have a, a good friend who's a counselor, so I feel like I've got free counseling services on a regular. Hmm. Um, but I always recommend seeking help. Um, just know you're not alone and that there are people who love you and ultimately a God who loves you and, and wants to meet you in your pain. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's extremely helpful. Um, 
Awaken 514, what will it look like this Christmas? And um, yeah. if people wanted to reach out or wanted to come uh, celebrate Christmas with you, how do they do that? Yeah, so um, we have a no Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday this year, so kind of right. a unique schedule. So no Sunday morning service for us. Uh, we're doing a Christmas Eve service at 6 o'clock um, at our location behind Bucks Pete's in Clearfield. It's in the CVS mid-pen. Uh, they just got a free plug there, uh, parking lot. And... Uh, um, I would say six o'clock come and, and come as you are. We've got cocoa. We've got cookies. We're going to sing Christmas carols. We're going to do a, a traditional candle lighting. Um, and, uh, it's going to be a really beautiful service. Our kids are going to be singing for us. We've got our kids choir going to be closing out the night with silent night. Uh, just a really beautiful night. Um, I, I would just say, come as you want, come and rip jeans and a t-shirt. If it's warm enough, uh, come in a suit and tie. If you'd like, uh, just come, just be present. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastor Anthony Kaola, uh, you're a good friend of mine. I appreciate you coming on, and yeah. I just want to thank you for uh, the great stories and our time together this morning, but also just to wish you and your family and every one of our listeners a uh, very Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.